good Sunday morning. City Gate Church and Pastor Howie Cantrell welcome you to this week's broadcast. We encourage you to tune in each Sunday morning at 7.30 right here on 100.7 WHIN. Or visit us in person at 734 Red River Road in Gallatin, Tennessee. Services start at 945. And now, Pastor Howie Cantrell. I'm so glad to see all of you today. I'm so glad you're here. It just blesses me. I'm just letting you know. You bless me. It's good to see you in person. We're going to be digging into Revelation. If you've got your Bibles, if you've got your notepads, if you've got your, your tablets, your phones, whatever you got, bring it out and let's get to church this morning. We're digging back into Revelation. We're going to be in chapter 16 today. This is week 27. And uh, it seems like that we've been in this forever, but it seems like we're just getting started all at the same time. And so thank you all for being here. We're going to be looking today at the seven bowls, the seven bowls. And when we go into this today, I'm going to be bringing out some things. There's quite a lot of it. And you've got some things, you've got some notes, you've got some uh, in your bulletin. There's some, some little special things. But I'm going to be talking to you today about the severity of these bowls as we go through this. So let's get started. Then I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, go and pour out the bowls of wrath of God on the earth. Go and pour out the wrath of God on the earth. Have you ever felt like God hated you? Being honest, have you ever felt like God's been mad at you? Did you ever feel like your world was being flipped and turned upside down and everything in the world was going on? And it's like, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to get through this. God hates me. Did you ever think about the position or the point that God may be holding the umbrella while the storm is falling on you? Let me tell you something. At this point in time, when God removes himself, when God pours the wrath, when his Holy Spirit backs up and backs out of this situation and his wrath comes, it is going to be something that mankind has never seen before. And there's some amazing things that happen during this. So I want us to, to look at the very first bowl, and it is the bowl of loathsome sores. Now, I've always heard this word of loathing and, and loathsome, and I wanted to know more about it, so I actually did something. I researched, and I pulled up my phone, and I asked Almighty Google what loathsome is. And it's something that is disgusting. It's something of disdain. It's something that you don't want to be around. It's something that you hate. And I want you to look what happens as this first bowl is poured out, and I want you to pay very, very close attention. So the first went and poured out his bowl upon the earth, and the foul and loathsome sore came upon the men who had the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. I'm going to tell you something. God's got a people. Amen. And God's people are not going to suffer this. This is those who have the mark. And I've been talking to several people about this, and we've been, we've been talking about how that all this stuff comes in and how it happens. But I know that Denise hurt herself this week. And 
I thought that Denise was going to come here missing a digit this morning. By the way that I read the, the text, I cut my finger off. I, yeah, I, that's not the part that I saw. <laughs> and so there's nothing worse than having something that's just annoying, something that's bugging you, like a little sore or a blister on your foot or something like that. I want you to just think about some, one of the most annoying things. And don't say your partner or your spouse or your friend or your mom or your dad or your brother or your sister, because I know all that happens. But something that annoys you, it's just, it's not like it hurt hurts. It's like having, I don't know if you've ever got a little metal splinter. They're not like wood splinters because they're very fine and you don't always feel them until you rub them the right way. And when you rub it the right way, it feels real wrong. But I want you to think about having these sores that is poured out on men and they're, they, they're in disdain, they're in disgust, they're foul, they smell, they stink, they're putrid. Now I want you to think about everybody around you that's in a similar situation that has this mark, whether it be in the hand or in the forehead, they have this mark and they've all got these sores and they're looking at each other and they're looking at each other with disdain and they've got the same problem that the other person has. Now, I recently had someone discuss with me some things about how they felt about certain situations and people and issues. And it's funny how it's easy for us to look at another person and see a problem. The Bible says, and I'm going to paraphrase it in my, in my hillbilly vernacular, you can see the sawdust in your brother's eye, but you can't see the two before in your own. And it's so easy for us to look at other people. The Bible also says that a man looks at himself in the mirror and walks away and soon he forgets, soon he forgets his image. It's easy for us to forget what we are and who we are. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. That's what I got right there. The second is that we're going to be looking, I want to remind you, the first bowl is loathsome source. Then the second bowl is the sea turns to blood. The sea turns to blood. Now, I want you to also remember that we talked earlier as we were digging into Revelation, and we've already seen that one-third of the sea has already turned to blood. So this is the remainder of the sea. This is the last two-thirds that's left, and it turns to blood. Now, when it does, I want you to pay real close attention because the Bible starts getting very specific about things right here. Listen to what it says. Then the second angel poured out his bowl on the sea, and it became blood as of a dead man, and every living creature in the sea died. Now, I want you to hold on to that just for a minute. Now, it's one thing that something that is dead or something has died, but it's a whole other thing after it is dead. And I'm like, God, what is going on here? Now, remember, he is pouring out his wrath, right? These are bowls of his wrath. This is where this is coming from. And I want you to listen to what my thoughts are on this. Now, this is a Howie one in one I'm not saying that this is what it is. I'm just putting some things together for me in my mind. When Jesus was beaten, does everybody remember when Jesus was beaten? If you haven't seen the passion, do yourself that favor. Make sure you got a bath towel because you're going to need it. Jesus is being beaten. And originally the way that they would, would put this on people, this, this heinous retribution on people, this punishment, is that they would take the whip 
And that whip had bone in it. It had pieces of pottery in it, pieces of metal that would be braided into these lines. And it would be dipped into a bucket of blood, coagulated, nasty, filthy sheep's blood. Now, isn't that awesome? It just sounds great. Oh, yes. Yay. I want you to think about how that smelled. And I want you to think about this. Why am I dipping it in blood? Two reasons. One, because it is full. It's full of bacteria. It's loathsome. But that is stuck in there and pulled out. And when they're hit with that, they don't pull, they don't just, and that's it. They put it and they, they hit and that becomes like glue. It sticks. And when it hits, then they hold on just a second and then they snatch it. The Bible says that Jesus' visage was marred beyond any man. Now I want you to think about that. I want you to understand that his organs were hanging out of his body. His bones were exposed. Now remember, that was God's son. So we got blood, and now we've got blood being re-entered again. I'm just putting some things together. Now I want you to think about God saying, okay, I got something for you. You know what? I'm, I'm going to be real fleshly in this, but this part of this right here, I'm loving this because it's about time. Y'all might not think that way, but, you know, I'm not anti-revenge. That's all right. Y'all straighten your halos. It's all good. Don't tell me that you don't like to watch a movie where the bad guys all get got. And we're like, yes, he needed that. But you're seeing some things now. God's wrath. Let me show you something. I want you to listen to me real close. You get them. And it's small beans. God gets them, and it's a done deal. Are you still with me? Let's dig a little deeper. So we went through the first bowl, which is loathsome sores. The second bowl, the sea turns to blood. And now the third bowl, the waters turn to blood. Now pay attention to this and listen to what happens. Then the third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers and springs of water, and they became blood. Now, before it was all the seas. So now it's not only the seas, salt water. Now we're dealing with the fresh water as well. Now, I want you to think about something. I don't know if you've ever been to a beach. I don't know if you've ever been to a boat dock. I don't know if you've ever been to where they're cleaning fish. But just the cleaning of fish is pretty pungent. Have you ever been around a big animal that has died? I want you to think about this. I want you to think about every creature in the sea has died. When it dies, it doesn't sink to the bottom. It comes to the top. Sooner or later, all of that death, all of those things are going to come ashore. And it's going to be a putrid foul smell. Then I want you to think about this. I want you to think about the fresh water turning to blood. What do you think is going to happen there? Do you think everything in it's going to be alive? Nope. Everything in the creek behind your house, everything in the lake that we all love to go and play in, everything, all this water that we have around us, everything is just going to be foul smelling 
hideous. Then it goes on and it says, And I heard the angel of the water saying, You are righteous, O Lord, the one who is and who was and who is to be, because you have judged these things. Because you have judged these things. Now, all of a sudden, we're going to see a little bit of a shift right here. Even the angels in heaven get what I was saying earlier. Watch this. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and you have given them blood to drink, for it is their just due. In other words, they had it coming. Now, all of a sudden, all of the blood that has been shed, all of the damage that has been shed, all of the people who have died for the sake of the gospel, all of the people who have laid down their lives, all the people who were not ashamed, all the people who would not take the mark, now all of a sudden, these people who have the mark, they have to drink the very blood that they shed. Let's keep going. And I heard another from the altar saying, even so, Lord God Almighty, True and righteous are your judgments. True and righteous are your judgments. I want you to understand this today. I want you to know for certain that you get the fact that God is just. God is merciful, but God is just. The Bible says that God is merciful and he will have mercy on whom he will have mercy. Thank you, Jesus. But the Bible also says that God is just and he will by no means pardon the guilty. Now, I'm telling you right now, I don't want to be on the guilty side of this equation. I want to be on the mercy side of it, and it's all by a choice of simply opening a door when somebody knocks. Let's do a quick review. The first bowl was the loathsome source. The second bowl, the sea turns to blood. The third bowl, the waters turn to blood. And the fourth bowl, men are scorched. Men are scorched. How many of you have ever had a sunburn? Yes. It means we were having fun, right? Either that or we were just totally stupid. I got a friend of mine that... Uh, I won't ever go on vacation with him because his, if you go with him, something catastrophic will happen. And so I'm not going. And so he, uh, he went to the beach. He was single at the time. He went to the beach, and um, he had another friend with him. And they get out there, and they put all their, you know, their sunscreen on, and everything's good. And he's like, yeah, I'm good. And, well, he partook in a few adult beverages and, and said, man, it's getting hot out here. And he took his tank top off and he fell asleep and he woke up with a reverse tank top because he had put his sunscreen all over where his tank top wasn't and when he took that shirt off he got dry roasted I can remember one time as a kid being with my mom and dad and, and one of the very few times that we got to go on a, a true vacation and we went to uh, Florida and we went to a place called Wikiwachi, which is, they have these mermaids and all this kind of stuff that swim. And the water is like unbelievably clear. I mean, you can see just unlimited. Basically, it's like looking through air. And I went and decided to 
to go be myself, and I went and hung out with some kids that I saw down at the little pier area down at the beach where they were swimming, and I went down there, and it was spring, and I was from Mississippi and hadn't been in the sun yet, and it was already in the 80s in Florida, and I'll be fine. I remember waking up the next morning stuck to my sheets. I had gotten blistered, and my skin had just broken, and, and you guys get it, right? So I had to take the sheet off the bed and go get in the shower. Now, we're just talking about a sunburn here, but I want you to pay attention to this. Listen. Then the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun. Now, I want you to think about that. His bowl gets poured on the sun, and power was given him to scorch men with fire. Now, can you imagine? We've already talked about the times in if the earth was, you know, 100 feet closer to the sun or 100 feet further away, how it would either freeze it solid or burn it up. Just the simple mathematics of 100 feet and how God designed everything. Can you imagine the intensity of the sun that men are scorched? Now listen what happens though. When they're scorched, this is, this is what takes place. And men were scorched with great heat and they blasphemed the name of God who has power over these plagues. And they did not repent and give him glory. They did not repent and give him glory. Everybody's talking about politics and everybody talks about trying to make America great again or, or trying to make America be this or America be that. Let me tell you something. America is doomed unless. The Bible says it this way. Unless my people who are called by my name turn from their wicked ways, repent, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. Now, last week, I talked to you guys a little bit about this. I opened a jar a little bit, and I told you some things the way I feel. I'm going to tell you right now, there is no middle ground on this. It's either this way or no way. If we as Christians don't stand up and take back what God gave us, we are doomed. We're doomed. We have to stand up and be counted. We have to be in the position where we're not ashamed. We cannot be ashamed. The Bible says, do not be ashamed of the gospel. Because if you are ashamed to speak my name to men, I'll be ashamed to speak your name to my father. Now that's the book. And we've got to learn what is important and what is really not relevant at all. So let's go back through. The first bowl is loathsome sores. The second bowl is the sea turns to blood. The third, the waters turn to blood. Fourth, men are scorched. And the fifth bowl is darkness and pain. Darkness and pain. I've talked to you about, last week I talked to you about being in, in Mammoth Cave, going down into Mammoth Cave and and it being dark, and I had this new Indie Glow watch, and I couldn't wait for them to turn the lights off so I could just shine my light. Because that's just how I am. I'm just, I'm the wonderful Christian that I am. I wanted to shine my light in a dark place. <laughs> but it's amazing how a little bit of light lit up that whole big 
cavern. It was, um, it was unbelievable. And when I did it, there were some other dads that were doing it. Of course, the moms and the kids were like, stop it, dad. But I'm like, it's all right. <clears throat> Have you ever been in a place that you could not see your hand in front of your face? I talked to you about this. What happens is in, after you're in a position like that where there is no sound and where it is utter darkness, absolute darkness, that you start hearing your heartbeat. You start hearing the blood flow through your veins. You can literally hear it. You can feel it. And the Bible goes and it says because of this, because of it being so dark, because it was so difficult, the Bible says, then the fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast and the kingdom became full of darkness and they gnawed their tongues because of the pain. Listen, they blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores and did not repent of their deeds. Now, I want to bring this back because you think that this one plague goes, starts, and then it goes away and then the next one starts and then it goes away and the next one starts. I want you to understand these don't stop. See, the, blind, the darkness has come now, and they're still dealing with the, the sores of the first one. That's why I want you to see all these things. Every time another one is added, one is not taken away. It stays. So now, not only can't I see, now I'm groping. I don't know what I'm drinking. I don't know what I'm picking up. I can't see it. And the Bible says that the angel said to God, now they have to drink that blood. Now, I want you to think that there are people today that believe in certain rituals and things, and they drink blood. I know it's horrible, but they do. The Bible tells us to separate ourselves from the blood. Don't drink the blood. Don't eat the blood. This is the old law. Now, they don't have anything left. By this time, I want you to think about this. By this time, Coca-Cola has completely exhausted everything it's got. Pepsi-Cola has lost every drink they have. Aquafina no longer exists. Sam's Club water, not there. And all these people who have hoarded all this stuff, eventually it all goes away because the supplies are exhausted. Everybody runs out, right? There's a song wrote that was written that says, too much month at the end of the money. Now, that's Uncle Wayne. That's my guy right there. So we run out of stuff, right? We can run out of food. We can run out of every option that we have. We can run out of these things. And they, they have run out of everything. They're in total darkness. They're still covered in sores. And they're hurting so bad. They're so angry that they're literally biting their own tongues. They're chewing their tongues. And they still refuse to repent. Isn't it funny how we get in these situations, how we get beaten, how we get bullied, how we get pushed around, and we fail to realize that we have authority and we don't have to let it happen and we lose it. We just lose our minds because we just comply. We become complacent and then we comply. Let's keep going because I want us to review again. The first bowl loathsome sores. 
The sea turns to blood, number two. Number three, the water turns to blood. Number four, men are scorched. Number five, darkness and pain. And number six, the Euphrates dries up. And as we look at this, we think, what? So what's the Euphrates got to do with anything? I don't live on that part of the country. How is that going to affect me? Let's find out. Then the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up so that the way of the kings from the east might be prepared. Now listen. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. Now we know now that there was a possession. You see, there's a difference in oppression and possession. Are y'all still with me? What is oppression versus possession? Possession is internal. Something is in you. It's a spirit that is in you. It's, it is possessive. Oppression means that I'm causing an outer force on you, creating issues and problems for you, like I make it rain on you every time you walk out. There was a cartoon back in the day. Uh, there was a guy named Schleprock. And everywhere Schleprock went, it was always raining on him. Y'all can look it up on YouTube, young folks. He's out there. Uh, some of us old folks like, yeah, I remember that dude because I feel like him a lot. He would walk around, he was a caveman, and everywhere it went, there was a little storm cloud over his head, lightning flashing and storms raining on him all the time. And he never caught any sunshine. He'd walk up to other people and they'd be like, hi, Slep Rock, how you doing? It's a rainy day. And it's a beautiful, sunshiny day all around. That's oppression. Possession is what is in you. So we see that these things have been in the beast, in, to, in the prophet in the dragon, and now these things are coming out. So why the Euphrates? Why? So I'm going to show you. For they are spirits of demons performing signs. Now these are the powers that have allowed them to be performing all these signs, which go out of the kings of the earth and the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. So what we see happening is we see that these things go out, these possessions, these things that's been causing them to be able to have all these powers, all this stuff, they go out and now they start imposing their stuff on every living being and now drawing them all to what is about to happen, the great battle of the day of the Lord. Now, why is this important? Because even though you don't live there, you're going there. I don't know if anybody knows that they do make planes. And they will pack you on them and they will go over there. And basically, the population of the world is coming into this one spot. But why the Euphrates? Why does the Euphrates have to dry up? The reason that the Euphrates has to dry up, and I'm just going to set a little, little stage here as to what is to come. The Euphrates dries up because it becomes a highway. The kings of the east are all these nations that are coming against Israel and they can't get across the Euphrates the way they need to, so God allows it to dry completely up, and it becomes a road. They just drive right through it and go on. It does not slow the armies down, so nothing is stopped. Nothing is prevented. So now all these people are starting to gather. And listen, behold, I am coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked 
and they see his shame. Now, God is telling us right here through the angel. He's given us a warning. Behold, I am coming as a thief. He's coming, and he tells us to keep the garments close. Keep your clothes close, because when it happens, it's going to be so fast that people are going to be running out of their homes unclothed, running out of their places unclothed, and they're going to be preparing for this battle. Now watch. And they gathered them together in the place called in Hebrew Armageddon. Now, now we're getting ready for the fight. Now we're getting ready. And everybody thinks, okay, we're mad. We've been in darkness. We've got all this stuff going on. We've got all this mess happening. Now we're going to fight. And look what happens. The seventh bowl. The earth utterly shaken. You've been listening to Pastor Howie Cantrell with City Gate Church, located at 734 Red River Road, Gallatin, Tennessee. Please visit us in person for Sunday worship at 945. You may also see our live broadcast on Facebook and YouTube. From everyone at City Gate, have a blessed week.